This is the Milo Beasley Show. This is the Milo Beasley Show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley Show. And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show. Episode number 333. Did I just wanted to get to that number, man. I'm so, so happy. And I'm so happy for our next guest. Uh, I mean, please help me. Well, I mean, his, his IMDB is ridiculous. Uh, he's been a, a staple of the Brady Bunch family for, for many years. Not going to throw a, a number on there. Um, Gilligan's Island, uh, a ton of the, the Gilligan's Island. You know what? Let's just go ahead and get to it. All right. Please help me welcome our guest at this time. Lord Schwartz. How you doing, man? Milo, I'm fine. How are you doing? I am. I am doing great. Thank you for uh, for coming on and chatting with me tonight. I'm happy to do it. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, before we 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 start diving into like your, your history, your career, I definitely I have to know about this. Uh, what I mean, you have a, a new play coming out here. Let's uh, let's pull it up here. Classic couples counseling. Uh, it. Uh, it starts what uh, April first, correct? That's right. Over at Theater West, uh, if, if you're looking to get tickets, I might as well give that information right away. It's www.theaterwest.org, uh, and uh, there'll, there'll be a site there, and you can get tickets to this new play. And you want to know it's, about the play? <laughs> absolutely. Tell me about it, because it's uh, just I, I read over the, the treatment, and it's, it, looks, it looks so much fun. It is. It is. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you how I came up with the idea. Yes. I was in therapy. I'm in therapy and I left the therapist and I said, boy, I was really messed up today. And I wonder about people who are really messed up. And I came up with the idea of Shakespearean characters are really messed up. I was, so yeah. it's therapy sessions for like Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet and Ophelia, you know, uh, uh, Petruchio and, and Kate and uh, uh, Lady Macbeth and Macbeth. And uh, they all had real problems. And then there's a there's a group scene where they're all in therapy together, and it's it's a mess. I mean, uh, Petruchio's trying to hit on Juliet, and Desdemona's threatening everybody, and I mean Othello is, and Lady Macbeth wants to kill everybody, and there's fights, and and um, I'll give enough of plot, the plot away where right. uh, the therapist is not such a great therapist, and uh, because of her, everybody's dead. So that's the that's <laughs> that's the play. As as a Shakespearean play now, yeah, I'm. I'm. Is your own therapist looking into this to say to to think that maybe you think that they're not a good therapist? No, no. She's actually seen. We had an earlier edition of the play. And okay. she's just fine with it. Um, yeah. It's 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 really it's 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 it, you don't have to know Shakespeare to see this play. You just kind of have to know who the characters are because it's not done in iambic right. pentameter or anything. Right. That's what I was going to ask if it was, if you had, if you had worked in any iambic pentameter in there. No, no, but there are little, if you, if you know Shakespeare, because the directors and uh, Nick, Nick uh, is, is, is uh, McDowell is a fabulous Shakespeare director and he knows everything about it. So there's little Easter eggs in there for people who, who know more than I do. <laughs> so. That's, that's awesome. And this is your 40th play. No, I'm probably more than that, but um, this is this is the forty third one I've had produced. 
Oh, wow. I've done a lot of plays that haven't been produced. And in in every genre, I've been very fortunate in my career to be able to do musicals and dramas and uh, one-person shows. I have a couple of one-person shows that are running uh, very soon. Uh, One is on uh, An Evening with John Wilkes Booth. And then I have uh, a one-person show about uh, Dr. Mary Walker, who is the only woman to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. Right. And so, so I wrote and directed these and... You know, very Brady musical supposed to start a national tour coming up. And I have my children's theater runs all the time in Los Angeles. And so and it's funny because I, I don't consider myself a theater person. I consider self, myself TV and movies, but um, I've been doing a lot of theater. What can I tell you? Right. That was going to be my next question was, what is it about the stage, the theater musicals that that has drawn you to do so many um, when you already have this background in television and movies, um, I've always loved I've always loved theater, and um, I, it, theater is the author's medium, and and um, I'm basically a writer. You know, if I ask people uh, who directed Shakespeare, they have no idea, but they know that Shakespeare wrote all the plays, and so um, it's, there's something magical about um, you know sharing an experience with the audience that's 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 real. You know, in, in TV, like if I'm doing a, a half hour comedy or something, I can add a laugh track and make sure all the jokes work. But, <laughs> um, it's not that way in theater. And then I, I mean, in, look, I've gotten very good reviews in my life and I've gotten some very bad reviews. But uh, all the time I know that the audience is seeing really what I want them to see. So that's 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 true. How old were you when you wrote your first play? Um, I think, let me see, it was 1975. And so I'm uh, 47, about 30 years old or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was that was the first play ever written for dinner theater. Um, I had been doing Brady Bunch with Ann B. Davis, and we were very close. Okay. And she was doing this dinner theater thing. And so my wife at that time, my fiance, we went to see this in Shreveport, Louisiana. And it wasn't a very good play, but the audience loved her. And so I said, why are you doing this? terrible play. <laughs> so she said, nobody's written a play for dinner theater. And I said, well, I'll do that. And so that was the first one. Yeah. That's, that's tremendous. Mm-hmm. So you just did, I mean, did it because nobody else was doing it. Well, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> I, it's funny because I had certain theories about what a dinner theater play should be, which is, right. you know, a, a certain kind of comedy and, three acts because they were selling drinks between things and one set and a, a romance in it and a, and a, and a, a communication with a, uh, like Ann B in this particular play. And so these were the rules. And then uh, when we were, it was in Dallas, Texas, where we did it. And there were, we went to dinner with the, the, the theater critic there. And he said, how does it feel to have written the first dinner theater play? <laughs> and I, up until that time, I didn't know that that's what I had done. And um, that was it. And the rest is history. <laughs> absolutely so you were so you had already been involved in in the show business of, uh, at that point yeah. at what age obviously your your you know your your father was very deeply instilled into that industry yeah but at what age did you decide to get involved as well well i'd always been writing anyway i mean uh, from starting a grammar school in junior high i wrote for the papers and and things and and then in college, I, uh, in fact, while I was in college, I sold my first television thing for Love American Style. And so I was 20 or something. 
and I had, and then I was doing stand-up comedy, and it was funny because it 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 just I always felt like I belonged in that. I never thought about doing anything else. And my wife, oh. my wife says, you know, if we have kids, and they're they they would obviously go in show business, but if we were farmers, they would go into farming, and so I kind of started working with my dad in '65. Uh, he had a show called uh, It's About Time, and then I was a dialogue coach on that. And then I started working on Gilligan and then I was doing college at the same time. And, and then when you did Brady Bunch, he said, here's these six kids, um, take care of them. And so I said, okay. And that was um, Brady Bunch. And that's Brady Bunch has been going on since then in different right. ways, you know, all kinds of different ways. And I've always run all those shows basically. Uh, that's fantastic. So you were working on Gilligan when yeah. you were in college yeah, briefly in college, yeah, in summers, yeah, um, and then and then when we did the reunion movies, I produced those. By that time, I had already been producing television shows, and so, so the rest were you, of Gilligan's Island and those kind of things. Yeah, were your friends like, "Why are you going to school? You're already you're already you're already working. Why are that you was, going to school?" I'll tell you that was funny because I was I got a degree in television writing, and I knew a lot more than the teachers did. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, I, I had one class, the history of television. I was sitting next to Rob Reiner. And so uh, the teacher was trying to teach us about television and Rob's dad and my dad, you know, Carl Reiner, I'm not sure. Right. Sports, yeah. They kind of created television. And so we said, yeah, she's right on that. She's not right on that. And that's, <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So you weren't, so it was, you feel like it was in your blood. You weren't like pressured. Be like, Hey, come do this or anything well, like that. Right. Well, it's funny when, when dad did Brady Bunch, by that time I was doing stand up comedy and I was writing on my own and he created this show Brady Bunch. And he said, would you come to work on it? And I said, no, you're only giving me that job because I'm your son. And he said, well, who would do this dialogue coach? I said, well, you need somebody young. And dad said, well, you're young. And he said, uh, and I said, you need somebody who has got, you know, been written for television. He said, well, you've written for television. <laughs> and he said, you need somebody who's worked with kids. And he said, well, you ran a summer camp. <laughs> I said, well, yeah. <laughs> and I finally, you know, it was a subtle way of convincing me to do this. And then um, I did that. And then that lasted for a, a year or so. And then I didn't want to be a dialogue coach for children because now apparently I was good enough so that the studio, Paramount, was sending me out to be dialogue coach for children on other shows. And, movies. Oh. and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. He said, what can you do? And I said, well, I can be a social producer. And he said, okay. And then I was a social producer. And then I didn't, I, I kept quitting. I said, I don't want to do with social producer anymore. What can you do? I said, well, I can direct. And so they, I was directing at 25 or 23 or something. And then he said, I said, but I'd rather produce because in television, just like in, in, in theater, the author's in charge and television, the producer's in charge. Right. And so I said, well, I can be a producer. So I was, so I was the youngest producer in television and dad and I were the only father son producing team in television. And uh, that was really kind of, kind of cool. That's fantastic. And and then you and your, your dad wrote a book together as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wrote a book on, uh, he, he had written a book on the history of Gilligan and then we wrote a book on uh, Brady, 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 the history of the Brady bunch. Right. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, working with my dad, he was a great guy. He was very much like Mike Brady. I mean, a lot of the shows of that uh, episodes of that series came out of our family life. And I would always represent the kid point of view and he would represent the dad point of view. And that's, 
a lot of people always say Brady Bunch isn't real life. And I go, maybe it's not your real life, but it's my real life. That's, uh, that's, that's great. So like, yeah, so those stories, the, the morals at the end of the thing, those, yeah. those were, were things that you actually experienced. Is It's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Dad was a, very much like Mike Brady and he would talk like that and give those kind of lectures and which, which was really funny because when we did the satirical movies, you know, very, right. Brady, very Brady movie, we made fun of those. And so it was a way right. for me to make a little fun of my father. So. All right. So whose nose did you break with the football then? If, if we're talking about real <laughs> stories. Uh, no, but I, I'm the one who did throw the ball and then hit Maureen in the nose with that. Oh um, yeah. 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 We had, we had elderly prop men at the time and they kept missing her. And I said, well, give me that. <laughs> Maureen stand over there. Got her. And uh, I'm a little afraid that that's what's going to end up on my tombstone, you know, but, uh, oh, well. Well, I mean, you know, if you're, if, if you're going to be remembered for something, yeah, you know, <laughs> one of the, the most, the, one of the, the, the most remembered all time, you know, scenes in television history. It's funny. There was a book uh, called the 50 greatest moments in television. And of those 13 were entertainment. And one of those was this, was this moment. And so I was being, I was interviewed for that. And on the same panel, there was like Neil Armstrong, who also did something famous, you know. Well, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> now, with your kids, you say, did your kids go into the uh, entertainment industry as well? Yeah, I have two sons, and they're both involved in it. Uh, one son does more reality kind of programming. He just was recently working for Vice Entertainment. And the other oh, son, I love Vice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did some really good stuff in there. And then uh, my uh, older son, more does more like what I do. And so he's, okay. he's created his own show on the Disney channel. He had a thing called mighty med and he was on staff of uh, scrubs for four years. And um, we've, we just recently started working together on some things. Um, some Brady, actually some Brady stuff that I'm hoping happens. Ooh, some more. So there's still more future Brady projects then. you know, Brady bunches, a lot of things, but over isn't one of them. I mean, we, <laughs> We, uh, we've been on the air in the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the tens, the fifteens, the twenty, whatever. We're in the twenties right. now. There's going to be a national tour of very Brady musical coming up, which is really kind of cool. Uh, and, um, yeah, we just, so why with, you know, the way that, you know, things change on a day to day, year to year, decade to decade, you know, what is it about, the Brady Bunch that you think resonates with so many people that they still demand it in the year 2022? Well, I talked to dad about that because um, it seemed to be addictive. And, and so um, I, we finally figured, I finally asked him whether he put anything chemical in the film that made people watch it. But, um, I, and you know what? It, it, it's one of the first, family shows that really talked about color one in color because some of the older ones are black and white really right. talked about life from the kids point of view and dad always said that the you know the family the, the parents could the kids could never get involved in the parents problems really but the kids would the parents would always get involved in the kids problems and i think uh, it's very pure that way and i and he also made it so it was not particularly you know time sensitive and so so all right. the problems that kids had then, they still have, you know, about honesty and the kind of things like that. So I think that's why it does. And and also, the age, excuse me, the ages of the kids, um, everybody would be able to locate, you know, locate a kid that would fit them at that particular time in their life. Right. 
Right. So, and the song was so catchy. The, yeah. Yeah. The song is very catchy. In fact, I, I'll take credit for one thing. After the first year, the song was sung. The, in the first year, the song was sung by a group called the Peppermint Trolley Company. And then um, we realized how how the kids really, you know, motivated all the stories. And so I said, why don't we have the kids sing the theme song? And so from then on, the kids would sing the, sing the theme song, and we just changed the lyrics to, that's the way we became the Brady Bunch. Yeah. So it was, it was funny because uh, the uh, we went over to record the kids singing. And uh, the, the uh, head of the music par- at Paramount said, well, who's the musical director for this? And I go, well, I am. And he said, have you ever musical directed anything? I said, not a thing. <laughs> and he said, well, what about the harmonies? They said, they're not going to be any harmonies. These are just kids singing this. And right. so that's what happened. They say, you know. That, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, did you ever while producing or writing, directing, did you ever see yourself on the other side of the camera? Well, I did act in um, one episode of the Brady Bunch uh, when they went to uh, Cincinnati and there was a, a, a role for some young guy. And I looked around the crew and the crew was pretty aged. And so I said, <laughs> well, who can do this? And I said, well, I can do this. But it was a very good learning experience. And I recommend it to any producer, director, writer, to see what it's like to actually have to say the words. And I know when um, I did it in one take and then I came back and I was, I think it was associate producer at the time. And then I had to, to work on the editing and I looked and I realized I really, I did everything right, but I was missing like the whole thing, which was the acting part of it. I mean, I said the lines right. <laughs> I waited till the guy talked and then I talked and like that. Right. I mean, it's not noticeable, but I noticed it. And I said, oh yeah, that acting thing. That's what I was missing. So, yeah. And then, so from there, you uh, went on to work for a, you, a bunch of other television shows. Uh, yeah. Alice, which was, you know, again, the the, the spinoff. Uh, the Love Boat, A-Team. But yeah. well, one, yeah. I, I want to talk about a project that you worked on. Um, Big John, Little John. Yeah. yeah. What was it like working with, with you know, with Herb Edelman, uh, who folks out there who, may know as Stan Spornak from the Brady Bunch. What was it like working with, with her? Because he just seems like an, an amazing talent. You know something? I'm glad you brought him up because he was really one of the best actors I've ever worked with. And we had a very nice relationship on that show in terms of talking about his, his you know, his, his procedure and how he worked. And it was fascinating. And I was really pleased that he did that show. And it, didn't, it had a short life. We did a year. It was a Saturday morning show. Uh, for NBC, and that 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 the right right then they made the transition to all cartoon, right. so we were we were out after that. But um, we actually we brought him back. We did a when we did the hour Brady thing called the Brady's. Uh, he did an episode of that for us too, because you know once you get in our family, you're in our family. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I've noticed uh, when I was going through, uh, you know, the the IMDb and everything, you yeah. got to work with a young Art Lafleur uh, as well. Art Lafleur. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was really interesting because he he and uh, Jonathan Banks, who you probably know, um, Jonathan and Art were in an acting class with my wife, and so I was an executive at ABC at the time, and I brought them over there so they could I can introduce them to the real filming world rather than the theater world, and then when we did uh, Rescue from Gilligan's Island, uh, 
Art and John were both in that. And that's what got him his uh, acting card, his SAG card. And oh, we fantastic. Were very, yeah, we were very close friends. And in fact, he married my secretary. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like it's, I mean, you literally, like you said, when you get into the family, you're literally that's in the it. family. That's it. You know, it's just like anything. You, know, you begin to collect people around you who you're comfortable with. I mean, most, you, you take a look at, uh, you know, uh, Aldrich or somebody and like Altman rather. I mean, he always puts the same people in, you know, and same with Seth Rogen and his group. Right. So I don't have I don't I don't have the cachet that they have. But uh, if I find somebody that I'm really in any in front of the camera, behind the camera, anywhere, if I find somebody I really like, I want to keep them with me. Uh, I, I don't blame you. Uh, that seems like a, a recipe for success. Adam Sandler does the same thing. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, going back to, to Herb, like just the, this definitely somebody who I would have loved to have been able to, uh, to meet, to work with, to chat with. Uh, he just seemed like he just knew how to command. Uh, he was really a good guy, really a good guy. And I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because when one thing we talked about, I asked him about how he does acting and gets into these other kind of roles. And he just said, this was his pro. This was his process. He finds the smallest part of the truth of that character in his personality, and he lets that grow into the character. That's. I mean, everybody works differently, but that's how he works. Right. That, uh, is there? I mean, again, your the your the list of accolades goes on. But is there a is there a television show during that time, the seventies, eighties, even the nineties, that you didn't get a chance to work on that you were that you would have loved to work on? Whoa, uh, let's see. I, I probably would have wanted to work on something like MASH, you know, um, where they really said a lot more than this a traditional situation comedy. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think that, right. Maybe, maybe, you know, actually the early 70s, the 70s part of the Saturday Night Live would have been fun to work on. But um, in fact, I, I had started... I had started these guys that did the movie Airplane. I worked on that script for a little bit. And um, yeah, hanging around with them would have been fun. I never got to the filming of anything, but you know, right. their police squad movies and things, that would have been great. Uh, do you do you prefer, uh, obviously you did, a lot, like you said, you did a lot of situational comedy shows. Do you prefer that comedy style? Or, you know, would you rather do a, you know, have, try your hand at a, a drama or an action no, I've written a lots of uh, drama. I, 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 the only um, action TV show I ever wrote was uh, an A-Team episode. And that came about because uh, my son loved that show. And I knew one of the producers over there. And I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do an episode where Mr. T was in a deep sea diving outfit and <laughs> walking around in the bottom of the, because I always loved those. I love those movies where the guys are clanking around down there with the, you know, air houses and all that. And so, and also I wanted to see if Mr. T was going to be in that, whether the gold would be outside the, the thing or inside the thing. And so, but by the time it got to the air, it was not Mr. T, it was, a, was Dwight Schultz and he was skin diving. So I don't know. But uh, <laughs> and I was, I was told later that Mr. T was claustrophobic and they would never get him in one of those suits. So that was that. But <laughs> uh, Drama-wise, I've done lots of uh, mostly theater drama. Um, yeah, I, I have written um, a, a lot of history things. Some things were, you know, about presidents. 
and I have this one person, John Wilkes Booth play that I've written that plays all around. Um, and I've sold a, a major feature, actually, a dr oh, dramatic feature that they're going to make about Mary Walker, who I've done the one person show about. Uh, the only woman to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. So they're right. going to do a movie that for with Walden. For, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, of movies, is there do you do you see any potential uh, movie possibilities for some of those old you know older shows that you worked at? Like, could there be a Gilligan's? You know, no. as, as there is a Brady Bunch, you know, movie, uh, several of them. Could there be a reboot of, in, of a Gilligan's Island movie? Well, we have been trying to sell that movie since 1988. <sighs> um, my book on the making of the Gilligan movie, of which there's none in sight, by the way, right now. Uh, that's called Invitation to a Shipwreck, the book about the, about the making of the Gilligan movie. It's every studio's wanted to do it. Um, it's now, you know, the, the, the ownership of it is with Warner Brothers. Okay. Just, just like the ownership of Brady is with CBS Paramount. And so I can't do anything myself. I have to go to them and they feel they know more than I do. But, um, you know, we've made between Brady and Gilligan for CBS and for Warner Brothers, we've made a half a billion dollars. And they haven't made anything that we didn't make for them. But they seem to think that they know. And so that's been the frustration of that. So uh, I'm hoping, you know, we didn't do it until while dad was alive. We really tried. But um, I did promise him that we wouldn't make a movie that he wouldn't want. So that's, that's always, that's my guide, my principle. I mean, everybody else was, was worried about power and all that. And I just said, right. no, it's uh, is this a movie that dad would want or no? And so that's it. Did you ever feel that, while, you know, while watching the show being taken place, like, man, if they just did this, they could get off the island. <laughs> we never wanted them off the island. Right. <laughs> but I found out later because I just worked on the show and I never really thought about the reality of how people saw it. They were watching it. I didn't realize people were tuning in every week to see how they, maybe this was the week they would get off the island. They didn't want to miss that episode. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, when the show went on the air, and this says something about sometimes the, the, the intelligence of some of the people in the audience, the Coast Guard or the Navy got uh, telegrams because they things would say like, we can do all these things around the world. We can't get these good seven people off this island. And then they met with them. They showed them all these telegrams. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, people look, people, people watch Survivor and they don't realize that there's a whole camera crews phot photographing this stuff. <laughs> right. All right. I, so I have to ask. Okay. I have to ask. I'm sure you've been asked many times over the years, but Ginger Grant or Marianne? My, my answer to that is a lot easier than most people. Because okay. in the rescue from Gilligan's Island, while she was on the island, her boyfriend, Herbert Rucker, was back here pining away for her, not knowing what had happened to her. That was played by me. So um, I did this with no lines because what happened uh, when they came back to this country, I, I felt obligated to marry her and she felt obligated to marry me because of 15 years, but I had fallen in love with her best friend. And um, Gilligan and the skipper find this out. And at the last minute, they pull Marianne from my clutches uh, while we're about to be married. 
and I'm standing there with her best friend who is the maid of honor and I marry her. And that best friend was played by my wife. So my first and only screen kiss was with my wife. How's that? That's amazing. (laughs) What a story. I did not, I, when I asked this question, I did not expect it to go that way. Well, and, uh, it's as I preface my remarks that, um, my answer is a lot different than most people's. <laughs> now, right? Uh, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a thing I want to get into now sure. is a thing called the Milo Beasley Show. Frequently asked questions. Oh, okay. These, I'm going to ask you the same five questions that I ask to all my guests. Uh, you know, first thing that pops into your head. Well, first of all, these yes or no questions, they essay questions. True, false, what? Uh little bit in between a little bit okay. in between you should you definitely know all the answers so it's, there's no trick questions in here there's no trick okay. questions all right okay question number one what was the first concert that you attended um i'm not a big concert goer uh i went to see the mamas and the papas and the opening act was a guy came out played the guitar really not the right should not have been on that bill and, and uh, in fact, he played two or three songs and got no applause from this audience. And so then he stormed off the stage and they went to intermission, which they, sh- they weren't going to go to right then. And then the people came out, mamas and papas came out and said, unless you applaud for us, we're going to bring that guy back. And that guy was Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> the wrong opening act for the mamas and the papas. Most certainly. But I mean, to be able to say that you saw Hendrix live yep. is, man. That's that's a dream right there. It's a yeah. dream. You've done a lot of things, and you've even seen Hendrix perform live. Now, granted, it was only three songs, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My brother-in-law right. is a, a very good guitarist, and he played with Wings, Paul McCartney's group, and he's an expert on Jimi Hendrix. Written books on him and things. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, uh, I mean Hendrix. Yeah, Hendrix and, and McCartney were were clo- Hendrix and the Beatles were were close. So yeah. that's that's great. Question number two. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I'm agnostic about God and about ghosts because uh, there's so many things that I don't understand. And uh, a friend of mine uh, was in a, lived in a house where there was a murder involved. And apparently there was a ghost and he didn't believe in ghosts. But right. then they, they had a, a thing where he met, we got people from UCLA, paranormal people. And they came and they told him what to do, which was to scream, get out of here. You don't believe something like that. Right. And then there were no ghosts because that room was always colder and everything. But I wanted to do Brady Bunch in Amityville. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just picture. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. A scary, a scary Brady movie. Yeah. Would A very scary Brady movie. There you go. Very scary. Yeah. That's very, very scary. Brady. Good. <laughs> uh, now, now this is, this is, um, uh, again, these are questions that I ask all my guests, so it's it's kind okay. of ironic that I'm asking you here. But in a movie about your life, who would play your parents? My parents? Yes. Um, yeah, throw a little curveball. I mean, a normal age. Uh, I mean, not not as they were at the end of their life, but uh, right. Maggie Gyllenhaal was like very much like my mom. Okay. Yeah, and my dad. Um, 
Oh, that guy. What's the, the PGA? What's his name? Who, who did all? Who does all the, the uh, farmers insurance commercials? Is in who's just in, and with the Ricardos. You know. Oh. Uh, played uh, the, uh, far, the the. Played Bill. Guys in, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah. I would. He was kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. I can. I can. I can picture that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All I right. I was on a plane with him. We were doing some. Uh, promo for something or he's a he was a really nice guy and i really liked him so uh all right question number four okay who is your favorite person to follow on social media uh right now uh there's a friend of mine who has a, a very good blog called uh hollywood and levine and he was he's a very uh ken levine i'm having lunch with him on friday so oh. he's about the only guy i do follow because he's really bright and has, you know, good insight into things. So fantastic. What was that called? Hollywood and Levine? Yes. <laughs> fantastic little plug out there. Make sure you, you follow that as well. Yeah. And then I, I don't know if this is if this really applies to you because again, you've you've had your career, you've met so many people, but has there ever been a moment that you fanboyed out and you wanted to meet somebody, wanted to speak to somebody, and, and maybe you got a little verklempt, you couldn't speak, you got tongue-tied, weak in the knees, and you just, you know, um, couldn't do it. No. <laughs> I've been, there was one, uh, this is not that at all, because I never had that problem. I've been able to, you know, I like show Henry Kissinger around the Brady Center, met right. with Reagan or something, and talk to Bobby Kennedy and, Martin Luther King. I met a lot of people and I've never been tongue tied about it. But the one thing we were flying from um, London into uh, Israel on our honeymoon, Barbara, my wife and I, and I'm sitting next to a guy and um, he says, can I change my shirt? And I said, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's fine. So he changes his shirt and we got off the plane and the plane they broke into applause, all the people around the, the plane. And it was the chakra bean who was, you know, a very important guy from in Israel and I didn't recognize him. And I thought that was, it was kind of interesting. Right. Um, yeah. And then when we got off the plane, a little woman was pushing uh, her uh, luggage in a, in a shopping cart and it was gold to my ear because all of these people were coming back to Israel because that would happen to be the day Sadat was coming from uh, uh, Egypt. Huh. So yeah, I didn't realize it, that he was that famous, but yeah. Yeah. You never, you never know who you're with, right? That's the old saying. No. no. You, you. <laughs> so, I don't know if those, I did. I don't think I did well in your five questions. I think three out of five was probably. Perfect. Oh, no, I, I, I think, you No, I think you did well, uh, which uh, we have a, a second one here. Let's see if okay. I can pull it up. It's called the Milo Beasley show top five, where I ask a random question and you give me your, your top five. Now these are always different, but. Okay. Um, you, um, you mentioned, you know, the transition from, uh, you know, television to Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. So we're going to go with top five cartoon characters, no particular order. Okay. Number one, far and away is Smee, the, the assistant to, to Captain Hook. To Captain Hook. Yes. yes. I loved him. I think I liked, um. The dad in the the um, hundred one Dalmatians. Okay, I right. liked him. 
let me see. I don't like uh, like when cars have faces and talk. I think animals okay. like animals have faces and things. I think Don, Donald Duck is way up there. Yeah. Um, let me see. I don't know. I think oof, I don't watch a lot of cartoons. Uh, no. Oh, oh, maybe into Hanna Barbera Land. I do like uh, Barney Rubble. I think I was like the second guy. You know. You always not, okay. Not like Fred Flintstone. I like the other guy. You know. Let's I like it. That, yeah. Yeah. It's a good. That's a good thing to have to to not you know to see that the second person that the supporting actor actually has you know substance to him. Yeah. It's funny. I had a, we did Brady Bunch. We had um, Jay Silverheels, who was Tonto, was on the, the show. Uh, we did the Grand Canyon episode. And I had a chance to ask him something I always wanted to know, which was he had the greatest, mm, you know, like, mm, like, mm, like that. I said, when the script, was that MMMM or HMMM? What would that look like in the script? And he said, it was never in the script. They gave me something stupid to say, and I just replaced it with, hmm. <laughs> okay that that works that yeah. works yeah um again so let's uh before we wrap up let's uh okay. let's chat again about this couple uh classic couples counseling yes. coming to theater west to studio yeah. city uh april 1st through may 8th i believe correct That's it. yeah yeah i'm hoping uh, listen yeah so make sure you check it out uh i'm i'm I hope that it makes its way uh, uh, across the country over here in Florida. I'm over in, in Florida. So maybe oh, yeah. we can get this on a national stage. Thank you. I, that, I think this one really should be there. I, I would love a lot of people to see this play. I think it has great potential that way. Uh, absolutely. It's, I mean, just the, 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 the thought about it again, when I was reading the synopsis, the treatment and everything, I was like, this looks fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because I, I have you here because when I read, I was like, I definitely have to have Lloyd on here to, to, to chat with me um, right. uh, about this project. It, it looks, it looks so much fun and I hope it's a, a, a super success for you. Thank um, you very much. Thank you. Uh, so uh, we're in 2022. Mm -hmm. What would, what would your advice be to somebody who is trying to get into the business in 2022, as opposed to 1975. Well, you're not talking about because of the pandemic. You're just talking just. General. I'm just talking about yes, like yeah. the way th things have changed since you know. Obviously, the you know the advice that you may have given for somebody breaking in a couple of years ago, as opposed to breaking in today with the advancements, the schooling, the, the types of things right. that you can get into. Um, you know, whether it is theater, whether whether it is college. Uh, what what would your advice be? My advice, first of all, is to do stuff. Just don't think around, sit around, going, "Hey, I wish I could." I mean, do stuff. We, I mean, the the, the uh, even uh, you know, cell phone cameras can give you. You can make a movie out of them. So I would do do stuff. And then because of the internet, we didn't have the internet then. I mean, the the internet and YouTube and things. People are going to see this stuff. So you you have an opportunity to do that. And if you're interested in getting into theater, put on your own play. I mean, I st I've done all those kind of things. You know, running a theater is not very expensive. You can't make a, a Star Wars movie, you know, if you right. <laughs> have a limited budget. But you don't have to do it for theater. And these these plays, not not the, this one I have coming up is a, a bigger budget. But like for the one-person shows, I've just done them. I can do them on lawns, you know. And so uh, just the whole big, the big thing is to, is to just 
not think, you know, like don't be one of those guys who at the end of their life saying, ah, I should have tried that. Just, just do it. And because we have access now through the computers and through YouTube and all that, you know, get it out there and just try. And then somebody's going to see that they will. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Just go out there and, and, and do it again. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this, uh, this evening, uh, chatting about your career, talking about classic couples counseling. Um, again, if you're out there in the LA area, please, please, please go check it out because the more of you that do go check it out over there, the better chance that I have to check it out <laughs> over here. But come out here, sneak out for a, for a weekend or something. I, you know what? I, I just, I just might, I just might. That that's would, a, that that's a, a little bit tough time. Uh, but I might be able, hmm, might, <laughs> might be able to do that. Uh, any last words before we wrap up? No, I just enjoy it. And I like what you're doing and uh, you keep doing this too. Thank you so much. And thank you all out there who are watching. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button, but most importantly, tell your friends. And we will see you next week. Good.